my dear brethren and sisters, and the Lord Jesus Christ. We have come here this morning to remember our Lord who gave his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. And we are commanded to keep faith with the captain of our salvation. So we don't forget whose we are and whom we serve. He is the author and finisher of our faith. The true faith, dear brethren and sisters, that we all share in fellowship and love. We must continue in the things we have learned. As we know, brethren and sisters, the scriptures are able to make us wise unto salvation. Through faith, which is in our Lord Jesus Christ, our elder brother, who sits at God's right hand, making intercession on our behalf, where we fall short of our high and holy calling. Dear brothers and sisters, our eyes have been opened to the knowledge of the truth and the hope of salvation. The Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthians and says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We read through Brother Matthew the reading this morning, Paul's second letter to Timothy. This second letter were the last words that the Apostle Paul wrote because soon after that he was executed. By Nero, the lion. In chapter 4, Paul draws his appeal to a conclusion. And that appeal is to hold fast to the faith. That the gospel which was entrusted to Paul had been committed in turn to Timothy's care. The gospel was to be safeguarded. But it was not to be packed away and mothballed. Or as Christ's words put it under a bushel so that no one could see the light. Paul says in chapter 4, verse 1, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ 
to preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Here is a positive call, dear brethren and sisters, for preaching the truth to those outside. The word of God must be held aloft as a beacon of light in the midst of a crooked and perverse, perverse generation. You see, here Paul viewed his, this work so seriously that he charged Timothy before God to carry out this commission. And with Paul's life drawing to a close, verse 7 says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Timothy and us, dear brethren and sisters, must take up this baton as well. Take up the reins of the ecclesial activities and to continue the work of preaching the truth to those who would have ears to hear. And as we know, this can be done individually. It can be done collectively. Even if we just give out a few light leaflets. Because we don't know where that seed may grow. The responsibility, Paul says, lays on Timothy's shoulders and also on ours. The heritage of the apostolic faith has been entrusted to us as well. Yes, brethren and sisters, the question has to be faced as to how conscious are we of the brightness of our Lord's return? The brightness of the everlasting kingdom. The time to set in progress. The many changes that will take place when our Lord returns. The culmination of the gospel message. The kingdom of God. How vivid, vivid, sorry, how vivid is our vision of those days, dear brothers and sisters? We do need to have a sense of privilege to have the true understanding of the word of God, the truth. Because they are in darkness. They cannot see that light. So we have to show them the way. If we plant the seed, which is our duty, 
But it's God who gives the increase. If you turn with me to the first of Peter chapter 3. First of Peter chapter 3, reading from verse 15. He says there, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. The hope that is within you. Dear brethren and sisters, that's none other than the hope of Israel. Paul was chained up for the hope of Israel. Turn back with me to chapter 1 and verse 16 of the second of Timothy. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. Onesiphorus was not ashamed of Paul. Not just plucking up courage at one time to go and visit Paul. No, dear brothers and sisters, many times because he often refreshed Paul by his visits. So despite the dangers that Onesiphorus encountered, he enacted the words of Christ. I was in prison and ye visited me. When he visited Paul, he obviously drew attention to himself as being a friend of the ringleader of an unpopular sect. You would be seen as a Christian. And in so doing, you would put your own life in danger. But Onesiphorus often refreshed Paul. He was a true friend, dear brethren and sisters, to Paul in the days of adversity. He never swerved in his friendship. Real friendship in the truth is a wonderful thing. Brethren and sisters, our bond with those in the truth, the like precious faith that we have and that we share. Our faith is rarely tested by trial today. And brethren and sisters, if it is to be tested in the future, We pray that we may have the love and preservance just like Onesiphorus. It is all down to how strong a faith we have. How strong is our conviction on what we believe and what we understand to be the truth. I have fought a good fight. 
I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Another rendering is, I have guarded the faith, as in the guard of a soldier. A soldier defending the faith from attack from outside. Paul had guarded the gospel treasure from being corrupted. You see, in verse 3 of that chapter 4, he says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. The warning of Paul's words is the same in chapter 3. Reading from verse 1, Know this also, that in the last day perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, and so on. Paul is warning that perilous times are coming. He was predicting a deflection from the true faith, once delivered unto the saints. And dear brothers and sisters, we must guard against the falling away of the truth. How do we strengthen our faith, dear brothers and sisters? How do we make our faith strong? Let's go to Paul's words in Romans chapter 10 this time. Romans chapter 10, reading from verse 17. He says there, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hearing by the word of God. Yes, dear brethren and sisters, it is by our study of the word. Let's go to Hebrews this time, to that wonderful chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter. Paul says there in verse 6 of chapter 11, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Continuing that chapter 11 of Hebrews, those wonderful words in verse 39. For all these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. 
Yes, dear brethren and sisters, he's talking the return of the Master. And we read of that in our reading from chapter 4 of the second of Timothy in verse 1. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Christ, dear brethren and sisters, is very near. The signs of the times shows us that the world is in utter turmoil. Men's hearts are failing them for fear and for the looking after those things which are coming upon the earth. You see, dear brothers and sisters, a decline in standards is very gradual. And little things start and then become the norm. Because the flesh gets used to it. The flesh accepts it. Not realising how bad things have deteriorated. Because, yes, we are in the world, but we are not part of it. And that is very difficult to maintain the difference. Because we are surrounded by the evils of today's society all the time. The news, dear brothers and sisters, is full of the things that are not holy. The murders, the gun crime, the knife crime, and that enormous drug problem. Let alone the family separation problems with broken homes, which just leads to a downward spiral. Dear brethren and sisters, the day of our Lord's return cannot come soon enough. We are in the days of Noah. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be, Christ said. We may take those words as understanding. Let's go to Genesis chapter 6, where Christ is actually quoting from. Genesis chapter 6, and reading from verse 5. <clears throat> it says there, chapter, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And in the margin it reads, every day. And then verse 11, we get just a little bit more information. The earth also was corrupt before God. And God, sorry, and the earth was filled with violence. Violence, dear brethren and sisters, and unrest. And this is why our faith must be strong. 
But we must also realise that the Almighty is in control and not man. So our faith must be strong. Second Timothy chapter 1, reading from verse 5. Timothy's faith was not a pretend faith. And when Paul called to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, Timothy, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Timothy's faith was not a pretend faith. It was an unfeigned faith. Brother Thomas wrote, Faith is the mirror which reflects the things of the approaching future. And presents them, presents them to us, the believers, mind, as though we were beholding and personally in the presence of the very things themselves. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find the faith on the earth. Yes, brethren and sisters, because we have not believed cunning, devised fables, and so we have to hold fast to the truth. Our faith is strengthened by the signs of the times. We are on the brink of the Battle of Armageddon, Turn with me, please, to the prophet Ezekiel. The prophet Ezekiel, reading from chapter 38, that well-known chapter. Ezekiel 38 and verse 9. This is referring to the Gogian host. And thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land of Israel, thou and all thy bands, and many people with thee. The meaning of that word storm is like a holocaust. To devour. The latter day Assyrian, the Gogian host of the north. Yes, brethren and sisters, these are exciting times. Let's go to Zechariah. Zechariah 14. And reading from verse 1. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women's ravaged. And half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. God will send Christ and the saints to save his people. 
Joel 3 and verse 2. I will gather also, I said, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat. And verse 12 and 13. Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come get you down, for the press is full. The fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Their wickedness is great. Yes, we are privileged to see the signs of the times. But what we have to realise is that when these things come to pass, we will have already been taken by the angel to meet our master. And we will be like the disciple Thomas. When we see the print of the nails in his hands. John chapter 20, reading from verse 28. And I think we will say the same words. Because Thomas did not want to believe until he saw. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. No, we have not seen our Master's face. But we do believe in him, the Son of God. And he is with us spiritually this morning, in the bread and the wine. And when we see his face, we pray that we will see his smiling face. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Let us now remember our Saviour, the one who made all things possible by destroying sin in the flesh by stamping on the head of the serpent so we can have this great hope of everlasting life. When sorrow and sighing will flee away and God's glory shall fill this earth as the waters cover the sea. 
Even so, come, Lord Jesus.